0: How many of you believe that that song is true? Huh? Let me tell you, while you all were singing, I heard a voice say, Sammy, look in the spirit. And as I'm standing there clapping, I could just send angels all around this place. Come on, somebody, give God the glory. God is on his throne. Jesus. Do you understand that every time you mention Jesus, especially in praise, demons squeak because they cannot stand the name of Jesus. You literally make hell be in pain every time you say Jesus. Hey, come on, somebody. And when you give God the glory, you cause demons to fly to get out of here. Amen. amen and every burden that you're carrying jesus breaks the shackles he breaks the load he lighten the load why do you think he told those jews in his day he said come unto me all you who are of heavy burden and laden down he said take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so you don't have to carry the load alone just turn to jesus and Jesus will lighten the load. Let me tell you, there's no tribulation, there are no trials in which the Lord Jesus Christ had not faced. The Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter four that Jesus was tempted in every way yet without sin. So there was nothing that the devil didn't throw at him that the Son of God wasn't able to withstand. And he stood firm. Why do you say, why do you think he told the devil in the wilderness? He said, for it is written. That means it had been sealed in heaven, so it was sealed on the earth. It could not be changed, people. So what God tells you in the name of Jesus, it is a done deal. God will not renege on his promises. God will come through. You just hold on and watch the salvation of the Lord. Israel was a brand new nation people, a brand new nation who had never experienced freedom before. The very first 28 hours or 48 hours of their lives as free people, the enemy came in like a mighty flood to destroy them. They had the mountains on one side and the Red Sea in front of them. They were literally boxed in. No escape route. And God spoke to the man of God named Moses. And he said, Moses, what's that in your hand? Because the, that stuff represented the power of God. You understand what I mean? Jesus' name represent the power of God on earth. And so God told Moses, he said, you stretched that stuff out across the sea. And the moment Moses did that, what do you think happened? The Bible tells you and I that God sent a strong east wind. And at the same time, God himself came down in a pillar of fire and got between the Israelites and the Egyptian army. And Moses stood up and said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For these Egyptians you see today, you shall see them no more. Amen. And let me tell you, when the disciples was on the raging sea and that storm was wailing, the wind was blowing and the waves were pouring in the ship, folks, they thought they was at, they was at their end. They thought death was going to consume them, but Jesus was laying asleep in the ship. They forgot about who was in the boat. Amen. When we're in the midst of trials and tribulations, we forget who is in the boat. Amen. Right. And they woke him up and said, Jesus, we're perishing. And he said, ye of little faith, ye of little faith. And then he did what, Saints? He told the wind, peace. And he told the sea, be still, and instantaneously, the wind with its ears on heard the voice of their Creator, and the sea sort the mouth move of its Creator, and immediately both entities came under strict obedience of the voice of the Son of God. Paul tells us that it was Jesus who created the universe. And so when he spoke to the wind and to the sea, they knew that it was their Creator that was talking. And they immediately came into submission. And the disciples couldn't believe it, that the very elements of creation obeyed the voice of the Son of God. And they said, who is this man? What man of man is he that even the wind and the sea obey him? And that same Jesus that acquired the storm is the same Jesus that acquired the storm in your life today. If you will only trust Jesus, if you will only surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, there's no burden too heavy and there's no trial too tough that Jesus, the Son of God, can't tell it. Peace, be still. Leave my son and my daughters alone. Come on, somebody. Give God some glory. Do you understand that you are not worshiping a rock, a God that can't do anything, a piece of word that can't hear you? You're worshiping the living God, and he hears you. That's right. Amen. And so let me tell you, we don't have a sad story. This is not a dead word like some people want to tell you it's old-fashioned. It's outdated. It's antiquated Let me tell you something the word of God is the same yesterday today and forever Jesus Christ never changes And what he says he's gonna do you can take it to a man's bank You can take it to a bank of America and your bank account will never go empty Hello, somebody. <laughs> you got a count in heaven that would never have a zero balance. That's
1: right.
0: And so you listen. You listen. And you listen carefully. The song that you just sang, you just caused heaven to move on your behalf. You don't realize the angels that God just dispatched around this place. The same angels that we're about to see in Acts 12 that moved for Peter is going to move for you today. If you would just trust the living God, if you would trust Jesus today, it doesn't matter how young or how old you are, how rich or how poor, you trust Jesus and Jesus will work it out. That's right. There's nothing too hard for God. A 90-year-old woman, matter of fact, she was 89 years old, never had a baby, but God showed up. Amen. And when God showed up, things begin to happen in a womb. And God said, a year from now, the time of a man, you shall have a child. And you know what that old 89-year-old woman said? Can an old man have pleasure? Oh, yes, he can. Because one year later, I popped a baby, and they named him Isaac. This 100-year-old man and this 90-year-old woman brought forth a son that God had been telling them for 25 years that they were going to have a baby. Medically unheard of. Today, Shams would say, you're stupid, you're crazy, but the Word of God is not stupid, it's not crazy. God said it, God did it. Amen. Amen. And so there's power in the name of Jesus. When Jesus showed up to Abraham that day, he changed things. He changed the very odds of history. He changed the very courts of a woman's body. He made that which were barren fruitful, okay? And that which had no pleasure to have pleasure. Which God are you serving? Are you serving a God of no action or are you serving a God who is the action? That great warrior of God named Joshua stood up in his latter days before the nation of Israel. They had conquered the most fortified city on earth, the city of Jericho, where the walls were more than 20 feet thick. It was impossible for those walls to be penetrated. And let me tell you, they didn't use grappling hooks to throw up and climb on board. Let me tell you, when God said, I want you to march around the wall six times, but on the seventh day, I want you to shout, amen. And when they shouted, something happened, everybody. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. So don't tell me there's not power in the name of Jesus. And it will be the same Jesus right across from the battlefield of Jericho stood like a majestic giant and soldier that he is, stood with his battle armor on and his weapon in his hand. And Joshua looked and saw this great warrior, saints of God, and he was warning, my Lord and my God, I hope he's not against us. I hope he's on our side. And Joshua, the general of the army of Israel, went to him, he said, are you for us or our adversaries? He said, no, but I'm the commander of the host of heaven. What did he just tell you and I through the word of God? He said, all the angels of God, worship me. I am the one and only general of the armies of God. Joshua didn't know, folks, that God himself had came down. His name is Jesus. And when Jesus is on your side, can no devil in hell defeat you? That's right. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing me? Mama's times get tough and God knows it. Daddy's times get tough. God knows that. Children, times get tough. Jesus knows that. And when he was here, he told his disciples, He said, Let me tell you something about these little ones. Babies, he's talking about you. You little children, look at me. Jesus was talking about you. He said, It's better. For you to have a millstone cast around your neck than for you to fend one of these little ones, okay? Does anyone here know what a millstone is? Probably not. Not most of us. It's this huge stone that the women would roll around on top of another stone. And it would grind, it would crush the, the, the kernels of corn and make it into meal. Okay? Jesus said, better that you had one of those tied around your neck. And you cast into the sea and offend one of his children. What did the word offend mean? To cause to sin, to cause a walk away from God. God never wants these babies to walk away from him. But Jesus didn't finish there. Hear this and hear this carefully, saints of God. Jesus said, if you offend one of these, you better be careful what you do because the angels always stand before God. What does that mean, brother? There's an invisible army that's encamped all around these babies. There's an army rising up. You already sing. And it's the armies of heaven standing on our behalf. Do you understand this? That the armies of heaven is watching over you, over you, over you, over you, over you, because you belong to Jesus. You think those armies are going to, do you think they're going to be weak? Do you think they're not going to do their job? You bet you they would do their job. When you don't understand when your car go out of control and you holler Jesus, all of a sudden it's in control. The army of God just grabbed a hold of that car and put it back in the lane. I remember as a young recruiter traveling from Hagerstown, Maryland to Baltimore to the MAPS and it was in the winter time on Interstate 70. I had a van load of recruits I'm going 70 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, we hit a patch of black ice, and the van started going sideways at 70 miles an hour. For all intents and purposes, that van should have flipped and killed every one of us. but there was somebody in the driver's seat that knew Jesus, and I called on Jesus, and you know what happened? All of a sudden, that van straightened up. And got back in his lane and all I did was took my hands off the wheel and Jesus grabbed the wheel. You know the song by Carrie Underwood? Well, that day he grabbed the wheel. Amen. That's why I'm here to tell you there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. One of the recruits said, Sergeant Nelson, I'll follow you anywhere. And I said, you better be following Jesus because it was him who took control of this van. Amen. And so today, when we get to Acts chapter 12, you're going to see some stuff. You're going to see some things that you didn't think was possible. And I want you to understand this. God has been sending angels for thousands of years to aid man. Are you hearing me? And we're going to see angels once again intervening in the life of the church and if they intervene, intervene back then, they will also intervene today because the church of the living God is still here. Who's the church? We are. 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 So the angels of God are here. Oh, somebody heard it. And so as we get ready to go before the Lord, my Lord, I've already preached. I guess I better shut up and go home.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you understand? Do you understand how anointed you are right now? Yes, come on, give God some glory. Do you understand? Do you see the glory of God all over your life right now? The Father is pleased with you. You keep on playing that piano for Jesus, and one day you'll play it for him in person. You understand? You keep on playing. You keep on giving your talents to God. Every head bow, please. You continue to play, sister. Father, we've already experienced your presence. And we're so glad that you're here, Lord Jesus. And your children are here by your Spirit, gathered by the Holy Spirit himself. And Lord, we want to hear from heaven. We want to know what it is that you have to say to us. And then, Lord, use your living Word to build us up and not tear us down. And Lord, somebody here that's still in bondage need to hear this word today. That your angels have personally been assigned by you to bring deliverance. And when we walk out on faith, dear God, your very angels act on your word. And they never, ever neglect an assignment. So today, Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Jesus, we're asking you, to move in such a mighty way among us and allow your children to leave this place differently, filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit, with Jesus on their lips, knowing that there's power in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, speak, for your children are listening. I must decrease and you must increase. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, Michael. Let's go, buddy. In Acts chapter 12, you're about to see some parallelism that took place between these kings called Herod. I want to give you a brief history The first king, that is King Herod, was known as Herod the Great. And that was the Herod that was on the throne when Jesus, our Lord, was born. And he was a mean, nasty man. He was part Jewish and part Gentile. He did not inherit the king. He was not of the king line of King David. He was a great warrior now, if you study history, Herod the Great was a great warrior. and the Romans appointed him as king over Judea. not God. Therefore he didn't really care about the things of God. All he cared about serving those who had appointed him, the Romans. Well, God took care of Herod, didn't he? When our Lord was birthed an infant, God had Joseph take Mary and baby Jesus down to Egypt as safekeeping until he dealt personally with King Herod the Great, which God did. And when God killed Herod, he told Joseph in a dream, okay, pack up the family and head back north. For the one who seeks the baby life is now what? Dead. So Joseph goes back. But Joseph understood that there was one just as mean and nasty as his father. He was called Herod Antipas because the kingdom was broken up into Three different parts and distributed to Herod's son. This Herod, Herod Antipas, was the one who had John the Baptist beheaded. It was something about these Herod. They were nasty people. They loved cutting people's heads off. So he was the one who decapitated John the Baptist. Okay? Well, God moved him out the way. And now you have Herod Agrippa. Except this wasn't this Herod's son. It was his brother's son who's now king over Galilee. And he was mean and nasty too. But see, God had dealt with his uncle. And God would deal with with him. What happened to his uncle? Well, he had control of two Gentile cities. One was called Sidon and the other one was called Tari. And they paid tribute to him. And he would send supplies to help that economy. And what they did, they assigned something like an ambassador to this king this Herod and this ambassador urged him to be peaceful and to be merciful to their people and he did and in response one day the people started celebrating and they started putting Herod Antipas up on a pedestal and said he's like a god because they, they, they didn't know the one true God. They was heathens. And so they, you know, gave him all the accolations of being God. Instead of shutting the people up, he received it. And you know what God did to him? While he was yet alive, God called worms to eat him from the inside out. Very painful, and slow death. God dealt with him. So now his nephew is the reigning king, Herod Agrippa. So you see Herod the Great, Herod Antipas, and Herod Agrippa, all nasty men. care less about human life. So this is whom the apostles now have to face. And so in order to gain favor with the Jewish people, Herod Agrippa is about to come against the church. Herod Agrippa was an Edomite. What does that mean? Edomite means that they were long-distance cousins of the Israelites. Edomites were the descendants of Esau. Anybody ever heard of Esau? The twin brother of Jacob, the father of the nation of Israel. So he was their long-distance cousin. Now sitting enthroned as their king, not supposed to happen. Amen? And so here we have it that these brothers are doing their best. Let's see what's taking place in Acts chapter 12. It is really good to have background information so you can see what God's people were facing. Now by that time, Herod the king's stretched out his hand to arrest some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Let me remind you of who this James is. There are several James listed in the New Testament, but this particular James was the one in Matthew chapter 17, was on the mountain with Jesus. This James was on the mountain with John and on the mountain with Peter when all of a sudden, Lord Jesus turned into pure light in front of them. This is that James. And Jesus called him and his brother John the sons of thunder. Okay? And James was one of what we call the inner circle he was one of the close companions of the Lord Jesus Christ. The three that Jesus held dear to his heart was John, James, and Peter. Because he would always take them to places that he didn't take the other's disciples. And now Herod said, I'm gonna strike fear in the heart of the church. I'm gonna go after one of the pillars of of the church. One that's very dear to the people. Why? Because James was dear to the Lord Jesus Christ. So now, when it said that he took what? Look at the word of God. That he killed James the brother of John with the sword. What does that mean? That means he had him beheaded. That wasn't pretty. Now, if you don't think that won't get your attention, you let somebody come in here and cut my head off. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. But that'll get your attention? Certainly get Miss Nelson's attention because she just lost her money. (laughs) (laughs) I better quit. (laughs) You see behind me? (laughs) And so, in verse 3, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. So they went and found Peter. The soldiers went and found Peter by force and arrested him. So then he took one out. Here come number what? Number two, the second pillar. So he thought. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread or Passover. You go, brother. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. Didn't want that brother to escape, did he? Typically, there's 12 soldiers in a squad. Typically. So, and at least four. So he had anywhere from 16 soldiers to what? 48 guarding him. For one person. And they delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. In other words, he was going to have another execution after Passover. See, the devil, once he takes blood, he ain't satisfied. He want more and what? More. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer. You hear me now? What did you see here? Constant prayer. Otherwise, it was round-the-clock prayer meeting. A prayer vigil was taking place for the release of Peter. Praying without ceasing. And they were calling on whose name? Jesus. Whose name? Jesus. There's power in the name of what? Jesus. Jesus. And you're about to see that power take place. So there was constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church, and when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. So you see, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of trials, in the most dire situation, God will give you rest. Because this man was a can a worried person sleep? Most of the time, no, they can't. And Herod knew that he was, he probably go, was going to do a public execution of Peter. So he was sleeping, bound with two chains between what? Between who? Between two soldiers, between two guards. He was shackled to two guards, who was making sure that he didn't get away. Now, I have guarded as a military policeman, and you was in law enforcement. You've guarded some pretty powerful people, had not you? You ever been shackled in them? And so you know if he went somewhere, you went somewhere, right? Well, because you certainly didn't want that prisoner to escape. Had made sure that Peter would not escape. Now you see the condition? And not only that, he's behind bars. He's not going anywhere. Listen very carefully. Carefully. Not only was Peter shackled between two soldiers, they also had guards on the door. This man wasn't going nowhere. (coughs) When I was a prison chaplain, they used to scream out, capital coming through. That means this is a soldier that was on death row. And they would have that so I mean a uh, prisoner, I'm talking about soldier. This this prisoner would be shackled at the feet, shackled at the hands, and it wore this heavy armor plated jacket that like you couldn't even move. And it wore something like a welder's mask over the head. And, it, and that, that thing had several chains hanging off of it. And those chains were attached to the security guards or the correction officers. So that, that death row inmate, he wasn't going anywhere. And the, and the way they had to change the range on him, he could only take six inch steps like this. That's as fast he could go, Mitchell. He could not run him, could he? And he certainly with that, 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 that lead jacket on him, he was not going to overpower him unless he was absolutely the real world superman. And there isn't any of them. And therefore, Peter's security was almost something like that. However, what's happening back in Jerusalem, away from the jail? Prayer. Prayer. The people of God are on their knees and they're praying and they're crying out to who? In the name of who? On whose behalf? Peter's. And who do you think is listening? God himself is listening to these prayers. And who do you think is watching. Jesus himself is watching the whole event take place. And when the prayers of the saints came up into the ears of God, like it tells it in Revelation, like a sweet aroma, it got the attention of God himself. And when God heard it, Immediately when the Father acts, who else acts? The Son. That's right. Immediately when the Father acts, the Son acts. And when the Son acts, the Holy Ghost acts. And when He acts, angels are up at attention, ready to go. And then faster than the speed of light, verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. There's power in the name of who? And at the name of Jesus, what just happened? Faster than the speed of light, the angel of God was dispatched from heaven to earth. And Peter, fast asleep, didn't even know it. The saints of God who were still praying didn't even know that God had answered their prayers. And you and I oftentimes while we're on our bed or in our cars or somewhere praying don't even know that God has an angel in the back seat. (laughs) I told you all about the time I was driving from Baltimore to Fort Meade where we lived And it was a long day. I had put in about 16 hours, and I was very exhausted. And I called my wife, and I said, Honey, I think I'm going to get a hotel room because I'm too tired to drive home. And she said, Say a prayer and come on home. God will see you home safely. And we were both fairly young Christians back in the mid-'80s. And I said, Okay. So I got on down and got on BWI. You know BWI. Mr. David, and on the Baltimore-Washington International Parkway 295 that goes from Baltimore to DC and we live, Fort Meade was right off of one of the exits. So no sooner than I passed BWI the, the airport, its exit, I fell asleep. I fell asleep and folks, you listen to me very carefully now. When I fell asleep I felt a shove in my back. Somebody pushed me. And I sat up and I looked in the rearview mirror and I thought, wait a minute. I know I'm the only one in the car. Was I? No. I was not. And I go, Lord God, somebody pushed me. And in the nick of time, because the car had started to go to the edge of the road. Driving a little farther, and guess what I did? No, I fell, asleep. fell asleep again, Mitchell. And guess what? The same push again in the back. And that really got my attention. And I knew then that God had an angel in the back seat. It was meant for me to get home safely. God was not going to allow anything to happen. To his son. That's
1: right. Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord. 32 years later, you're still looking at him. Amen? Amen. So, the children of Israel, the early church members, man, tragedy has struck in the heart of them. One of the great pillars of the church has been slaughtered man their hearts are crushed and now (laughs) the enemy has taken hold of that great preacher who stood up on the day of pentecost and gave his first sermon after being filled with the holy ghost and three thousand people were saved and baptized the same day it is that same peter outside the temple him and John, when they seen the man that was crippled, that was begging for arms, and he said, Silver and gold, I do not have, but what we do have in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk.
1: Amen.
0: And the man leaped to his feet and walked. It is now that same Peter has been arrested. Because you remember back in chapter five, uh, they had the high priest had Peter and John arrested.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they were thrown in the dungeon. And while there, the angel of the Lord came in the midnight hour and did what? And the shackles fell off and the doors opened, and the brother walked out. amen and the angel was right there so it ain't the first time that God has sent an angel to intervene and it won't be the last and some of you have come in contact with angels and didn't even know it that the Lord Jesus Christ had sent angels from heaven to look after you are you hearing me? Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison. So in your darkest hour, God will send light. God will send a deliverer. In the world's darkest hour, God sent his son Jesus to become the light of the world. Jesus was absolutely the angel of the Lord from heaven. And he came down in person and delivered man out of all of his troubles, the trouble called sin. Mm -hmm. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell, what? Off his hand. Now, I want to ask you, I'm a military man. I was in the army over 23 years, a combat veteran. And let me tell you, if I would have had a soldier that was changed to an enemy soldier and he allowed that man to escape, we'd have lined his butt up on the battlefield and shot him right on the battlefield. What was the soldiers doing? They were asleep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: now what does this remind you of it is a similar scenario on the day in which the Lord raised from the dead there were guards outside the tomb That's right. and the angel of the Lord came down and the men fell as what yes. dead, otherwise they went to sleep And he rolled the stone back. Not so Lord Jesus can get out, but so the men and women can go in. Because no walls can stop Jesus. Amen? Similar scenario. And the Holy Ghost showed me this. He said, look at this. Line them up side by side. And I go, wow, Lord. That's awesome. And so when you think that God won't do for you what he done for his son, Jesus, you got another thought coming. Because some of the same angels that watched over him was also watching over who? Peter. And if they were watching over Peter, guess who else they're watching over? Hello, somebody. They're watching over us, too. Are you getting this? And he goes on to tell us, then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. Uh, some of us don't get delivered from certain things because when the Holy Ghost tell us to do something or the angel of the Lord, that's uh, what we want to do. We want to argue with him. He said, put on your shoes. I don't know where my shoes at. Are you kidding me? When God is speaking, it's time to do what? Act. It's time to go. You better put on your slippers. Okay? It's time to beat feet. Get out of there. Okay? Listen. So he told them, put on your sandals and scrap them up. Because it's time to go. What does that remind you of, Melissa? Again, another, what we call parallelism. Anybody ever heard Passover? Night of the Passover? What did God tell Moses to tell the children of Israel? Put your clothes on your back and your shoes on your feet. Because when the deaf angel shows up, it's time to show out. Okay? It's time to move out. There's no time to stand and cry for Egypt. It's time to get out of town. And there was no time for Peter to stand there and argue and say, what, who are you, where are we going? What, who sent you? Sometimes God just wanted to shut our mouths, do what we're told, and move out smartly. Because it's in our best interest. Amen? And so Peter knew this, that he had a divine appointment. And there's no time to argue. Most people, when they wake up, they go, get off of me. Leave me alone, my boys. You do get your butt out that bed. I'll turn it over on you. Okay? But when God sends an angel, there's no time for arguing. There's no time for complacency. It's time to get up. Put your clothes on, your shoes on your feet, and move out. So now watch what happened. And they said to him, put on your garment. Going? What you going through there naked now? Put on your garment and follow what? Me. Are you hearing me? Put on your garment and follow me. What does that sound like to you, Tamara? Jesus says if anyone desires to follow me pick up your cross and do what? Follow me You have to forget about what's going on around you And you have to hear the voice of God And when the angel of God that's been sent your way You have to get yourself together and say let's go but in a situation like this, if you open your mouth, you're going to get busted. You're going to get detected. Sometimes there's a spiritual principle to this, and hear me very carefully, folks. Sometimes God don't want you telling the enemy what you're getting ready, what He's getting ready to do for you. Hello, are you hearing me? Sometimes God don't want you vocalizing. What he is about to do for you. What he tell you in prayer? It stays in prayer. Keep your mouth shut and follow the angel. Because he knows where he's taking you. Mm -hmm. Because he got his marching orders from above. And let me tell you. And he's not going to mess it up. Are you hearing me? Moving right along. So he, he said, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him. And did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But thought he was seeing a vision. In other words, sometime when you wake up early in the morning, you're a little bit delirious, Right? and maybe a bit illusional, <laughs> okay, or specifically by psychology, delusional, right, Santa? And so you, you, you go out and go, God, what, did that just happen? You go, wait a minute, let me go back and, did that just really happen? And you pinch yourself, and go, wait a minute, yeah, I'm alive. That really just happened to me. You ever had days like that, Mitchell? You wake up and go. Where's Krista and the kids? I thought they were here. She goes, Hey, honey, I'm in the kitchen. We're here. I go, Oh, boy. Okay. Look. Look what's happening. The spirit world is now in the physical world. You see that? God has just joined that which is spiritual with the physical. Peter actually is looking at this angel, and he hear this angel speaking to him, and he's getting guidance. He's receiving instructions from on high. And, and, and watch the rest of it. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of his what? Of his what? Did the angel touch the gate? No. Nope, nope. When God's in control, uh oh. When Jesus is in control, that which is not real become what real. That which is impossible become what possible. possible. Whoever heard a gate opening by itself? <coughs> so here's Peter and the angel. They're gone. But it's something militarily wrong with this statement, isn't it? Militarily, where were the men on those guard posts at those gates? Why didn't they detect them? Because God made Peter and the angels stealth. Oh, In other was undetectable. Hello? That the guards couldn't even pick up their movement. That's better than sonar. Are you hearing me? That's better than a motion detector. When God has a plan for your life, no devil in hell can stop it, no matter how many demons he assigned to you. Are you hearing me? And when Peter had come, excuse me, let me back up. When the oven on his accord, they went out and went down on one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. So Melissa, when the angel got Peter to safety, he left. His mission was accomplished. And nobody got in the angel way. Where was the demons? <laughs> got scared? Where was Satan?
1: In hell?
0: After all, he was the one that pushed this thing up against Peter, did he not? And he wanted to take Peter out. So where were they? They were
1: taken care of by somebody else. You
0: Say it again, brother.
1: (laughs) They were taken care of by somebody else. (laughs) So
0: let me tell you. What was happening on earth was happening in the spirit realm. And the angel was escorting Peter to safety. God's other angels were battling the demons. Because the, people were because the more the people prayed, more angels came in. At the command of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who was directing this whole operation Operation Peter. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Someday there need to be an Operation David, or Operation Melissa, or Operation Santa, Operation Mitchell, Operation, what's your name, boy? Operation Clinton. And you just plug in your name, and here come the posse, all the way from heaven, coming to rescue you, coming to rescue me. Are you getting this? Are y'all bored with this? You want me to shut up? Sit so down. Okay, time's up because we got communion. But do understand? There's power. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, give him some glory. Because there is power. And the folks back home. I'm gonna read this to you, then we'll go into communion. Wasn't even aware of it. She's not next door. Watch this. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel. Got that? And has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. He realized that he just had divine intervention, Crystal, He knew that this was a God thing. And some of you need a God thing happening in your life. Amen. Amen. And so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname is Mark. You kind of need to underline that one, because in the future, you'll hear more about this one called John Mark. He's the one that wrote the Gospel of Mark. You just got introduced to him. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And so, Look, 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 look what's happening. Look at verse 10. So John, whose surname was Mark, where many was gathered together doing what? They're still praying, big brother. They had no idea that God had answered their prayers, but they're still sending them up. See, we don't want to pray for two minutes. These people probably been praying almost what? All night. Amen? And sometimes we have to persevere in prayer. Don't be so quick to run out the door when I say, y'all, stay a little longer. Well, we got to go. Oh, hello. If you want heaven to move on your behalf, on my behalf, on the church behalf, sometimes you got to stay, pardon the expression, I learned this from the army, no derogatory, thing meant about it. Sometimes you got to stay your hips put. Okay? You got to sit down and pray up. Amen. Amen? Don't be so quick to get out of here. Well, I got supper cooking. I got girls got baseball or softball or whatever they do. The boys are tired. Lay a mat down. You don't think these people had kids? You don't think these people had children? You don't think they had chores to do? And maybe jobs to go to the next day? They seen a dire urgency here. And they knew where their priorities were. And at that moment, their priorities were what? Praying to Jesus, our Lord. Because they had a connection with him. And he had a connection with them. In fact, they may not not have known how big the connection was. Let's see, as we close out. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, A girl named Rhoda came to answer. Isn't there a gospel song about her? About Rhoda? Uh, Research it, Tamara. I believe there is. There's a gospel song about Rhoda. So Rhoda, this teenage girl, came to the door to answer. When she recognized Peter she, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, uh, the door. But the Greek word there, I think, is probably thuro for, for for door, but where does Zora go? I'm gonna pick on her. So she probably was a little silly teenage girl like Zora, okay? <laughs> I'm only calling her silly because they get they get when they get the laughing art. Mr. David, they are silly, right? And so they just kind of she's like, "Hey, Peter at the door! Whoa, Peter at the door! Peter at the door!" I mean, she's just carrying on, right? And nobody understands what she's saying. They think maybe she's just being Goofy, because the text tell us a little bit. So she's been, she was glad and did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. And you know how sometimes we tell kids, stop joking? So it was probably a scene like that. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yep, <laughs> you're acting crazy. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. No, 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 no. Peter's at the door. Yet, she kept on insisting, so they said it is his, his what? Angel. Angel." What did it tell you, Shannon? That God do assign angels to people. That's right. And so that's what they thought it was. An angel had showed up to give them a message. They didn't know it was Peter in the flesh. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished, but motioned to them with his hand to keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. Uh, there's another James, right? The first James is dead. This James could either been, there's one, one or two others in scripture. So I'm just giving you a brief uh, information here. This could have been the other disciple James, known, known as James the Lesser. Or this possibly could be James, the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who wrote the book of James. Okay? In either case, Peter going to visit him. So since Peter's going to visit him, more than likely it was James the other disciple. Notice James the lesser. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to okay. death. Hare was following the example of the Roman army. If a soldier was caught sleep on guard duty, what do you think happened to that soldier? He was killed. killed. He was killed. Remember at Jesus' resurrection and the soldier was found sleeping? What did the high priest say? Well, we'll give you some money to keep your mouth shut. And we'll tell... Caesar, that you fell asleep. Do you really think that was going to work with Caesar? No. They were Roman soldiers. They spoke been the most disciplined soldiers in the world. And they had a price to pay. And that price was what?
1: Their lives. Their lives.
0: So Herod was falling in the footsteps. He executed those soldiers. Four squads. You hear me? Four squads. And went from sixteen to forty-eight soldiers died. The death that Peter was supposed to die, they were beheaded. Oh, just
1: chopped
0: heads. You got it. And so as I'm finishing up from behind here, we're getting ready to prepare for communion. Short chapter, but very powerful, isn't it? I could preach all day off of it. <coughs> and he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. What was in Caesarea? Remember? In chapter 10? What do you think, maybe? There, but we'll make it work somehow. Get regular cups and give it to him. In Caesarea, remember Peter had been summoned to the home of one Roman centurion by the name of Cornelius. You think maybe he went and found solace in the home of Cornelius in Caesarea? So now uh, Cornelia was his what? Brother in Christ. and the Lord good? Can you just see the pieces coming together? So Cornelia is a Roman soldier who's now a Christian. Peter just went to him. Hey, dude, they're trying to kill me. (laughs) Okay? They're, They're finishing. Did the story end there, people? Watch what happened to the third Herod, because you really think God was pleased what he had just done to his servant? You think Jesus, our Lord, was pleased what Herod had done to his son, James? No. And just like if an enemy comes in here and slap you in the face, like that one drunk, whoever it was the night, I, I wasn't here, but thank God I had just departed. I don't know if you was here or somebody else, when this drunk, and Belinda said she thought it was an off-duty police officer. Came in drunk. Cussed her out. Oh, Mr. Burke was here. Who, who Y'all wasn't with us then. You was here. Threatened to kick Mr. Burke every which way but loses up and down Main Street. That night. Do y'all really think that God is pleased when somebody come into his house and threaten his children? Mm-hmm. You think that drunk really got a, got, got got away with that? Mm-hmm. Nah. He didn't get away. Just like this individual is not going to get away. Okay? Y'all about ready? Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Bustonus, the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne, and gave an oration to them, an oration of speech. What I'm saying today to you all would be considered oration and the people kept shouting this is what they were shouting the voice of a God and not of a man then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died But the word of God grew and multiplied. So all three Herods were killed by who? By God. All right. I apologize for having the service this long today. But to God be the glory. Some of us needed to hear this. Los with adults. No
1: han
0: Mitchell certainly appreciated that song that you just sang about our Lord. Because that old disciple went through some stuff. Tradition have it that Peter was executed upside down. Because he didn't want to be crucified like his Lord. He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified upright. And they skinned him alive. Very painful death. But even in the midst of that, he knew that God was going to raise him up. And he also knew that the Lord Jesus Christ was coming back again to take his people back with him. Because he was in that upper room that night when Lord Jesus said let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me for in my father's house are many mentions if it was not so I would not have told you and said I go away to prepare a place for you and I will come back to you again and where I am there you shall be also. And so in honor of our Lord, not as a memorial necessarily, because he's not going to die, he's not dead, but as a great honor and great tribute to our Lord. Those three days that he was in the grave, we're here to honor the beating and battering and wounding of his body and the shedding of his precious blood for us. And so, to give God the glory, every eye fixed on me now, every heart attendant to Jesus. What we're about to do here is not just a ritual. This in fact, spiritual, the Holy Spirit is going to take your heartfelt things in your heart, in your spirit, and he's going to transport your thankfulness because Eucharist means to give things. Because Lord Jesus says to give things, do this in remembrance of me. He said when you do that, you're giving honor for me for the brokenness of my body that was broken for you and for the shedding of my blood that was shed for you. And so as we do this, the Father is watching and the Son is observing as we honor him, as we partake in this Lord's Supper known as communion. The word communion comes from the same Greek word, kononia. that means fellowship. That means we are fellowshipping at the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because one day, according to Revelation chapter 19, there's going to be a big table, right. a table so big that it's going to host all of God's children, from past agents to present. Amen? Well, Master Jesus, King Jesus, sitting as the headmaster of that table. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Blessed is he who is called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But until then, Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for the body of our Lord that was broken for us and for his blood that was shared. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear the words of the Apostle Paul as he received them from the Lord Jesus Christ. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup out the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the father is going to send his son back. Paul writes a very descriptive descriptive version. For you and I to grab a hold of the return of Christ. He said, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, God will bring with him. mean, all the dead sinks, God himself is going to bring them with Jesus. He said, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a loud shout, and with the trumpet of God, and with the voice of the archangel. He's saying, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those who are alive, he said, those who are dead is going to go up first. And then those who are alive, not everybody will be dead. (coughs) And they said they will go and be caught up together. This word caught up is parousa in Greek. It means to literally be transferred or transported up to the heavens. And they say There we shall be with the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And they said, Comfort one another with these words, babies many of you have never been on a plane but you're going to get a ride that's gonna be better than a plane ride you're gonna go through the clouds and you're gonna see Jesus face to face are you ready for that so on the night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed This is the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, Deacon. This <laughs> is That's all right. All right. Jesus okay.
1: Christ.
0: Ms. Nelson? Okay. Go ahead. We're not special because we have a cup bigger than yours. <laughs> Maybe it's showing that we need a little bit more blood. <laughs> But anyway, everybody. So, on the night in which the Lord was betrayed, he took bread and he, th- he broke it and he gave thanks. Father, thank you for the body of the Lord Jesus that was broken for us. And he shared and he said, Take, eat, and remember to me. And likewise, he took the cup and told his disciples, He said, I will no longer drink with you this fruit of the vine. Until we come together in my Father's kingdom, he said. But take, he gave thanks and said, Father, thank you for the blood that was shed for the f- mission of sin. He said, where there's no blood shed, there's no forgiveness of sin. He said, Take and drink in remembrance of me. Take and drink. There you go, Max. Didn't finish the rest. And they, Scripture tells us that they went out to the Mount of Olives and they sing hymns. So I'm not going to sing hymns with you. because my son said, let me listen to this and then we'll close in prayer. He said he heard y'all singing, That's power in the name of Jesus. And they say, and it was sounding good. He heard his mama singing, heard y'all singing, and then he heard me sing. Then he turned it off. (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) I'll close them out in prayer, but every head bow. Uh, I thought maybe y'all would get a kick out of that last one. Mitchell, welcome home. God bless you. We love you. Glad to see you again. Melissa, welcome back, baby. Good to see you again. Shannon, don't be gone so long again. I know, but glad to have you here. Okay. That just went out around the world. That's Michael, everybody. My little buddy. <laughs> Two years old and love the Lord. Hey. Hey, every head bowed now. Father, we thank you so much. Today has been a little long. But Lord, their first disciples, they would preach all day long. And the women and children and the men would sit and listen attentively. Lord, I pray your blessings upon every heart now and that you will give them a double portion of your spirit and keep us strengthened. Until we meet again, in Christ's name we pray, amen.